Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. And I'm your other host, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. My dudes. Tonight we are going to be talking about the new movie, The Black Phone, that came out... What was this, a few weeks ago? Yeah, it says June 24th was the U.S. release date. June 24th. So, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Um, there will be spoilers, just a heads up. So Definitely if you haven't spoilers. seen it and don't want to be spoiled, stop now. But before we get into the movie, a word from our small sire. Calm your body down. Okay. All right, guys. The... Uh... Workshop Market is this Saturday, getting everything ready for that. Uh, again, like I've been posting, if you happen to be in the Cincinnati area of Ohio, uh, southwest area of the state, please stop by. Um, directions and all that information are available on Workshop's website and their Instagram. Um, I have tagged them. They have tagged me. They've been really supportive, so this should be great. Good turnout. Um, from 12 till whenever we sell out. So please come by. Um, also just support some other local businesses. There's going to be some really groovy shops there. So I'm kind of excited to check some stuff out too. Um, so, uh, and again, everything else is available on Etsy, free shipping to everywhere in the U S and, uh, check for all updates on Instagram. Calm your buddy down. All right, my dudes, so now specifically, if you haven't seen The Black Phone and you don't want to be spoiled, stop the podcast now. Go see it right now. <laughs> just just go see it right now. That's what you should do. Yeah, and then you can come back and listen. And then come back and listen, yes. Right. Um, but we are going to be talking about the movie as a whole. There will be spoilers. So just spoilers. 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 We said spoilers. 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 Also, I just want to give a special shout out to uh, people that are posting about Stranger Things and not giving spoilers. We were literally just talking about mm -hmm. how Game of Thrones and Walking Dead fans fucking the worst. sucked ass for that. It would literally be 15 seconds after the episode would be over and there'd be spoilers all over the fucking place. So anyway, um, shout out to anybody that has posted anything. My husband and I, uh, just with everything we have going on in our personal lives and I wake up at six o'clock in the morning every morning there's a lot going on so we have uh been very slow and steady we uh waited till they were all out we have three left so we are down to the crucial volume two final three um we will have those done this weekend so uh yeah I just want to give a shout out to people that have actually been like hey spoilers or just like haven't posted spoilers at all I just mm -hmm. really appreciate that because we're not the only people that haven't finished it or not started it yet. So shout out to people, you know, here in the U.S., obviously, that uh, have watched it in its entirety and have been very nice and discreet about spoilers. That is very much appreciated. I only got one thing spoiled for me, and I've finished it. I'm, I'm completely done now. But um, I only got one thing spoiled for me. I was shocked, to be honest with you and it was a big spoiler but it wasn't because it was something I figured was coming so I wasn't mad about it per se um but let's just say if you haven't watched it for the last episode just make sure you have a good box of tissues next to you 
I haven't cried like that for the end of a show in a long time. <laughs> so, oh, I was pretty sure I was going to sob anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, good luck is all I have to say to that. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, the Black Phone, I remember seeing, I think I saw a trailer. I think we both saw a trailer for this when we went to go see Scream 5 uh, back in January. And it looked interesting, and I was already hooked. I know we both were hooked because we both love Ethan Hawke. Um, so actually seeing him play a villain, I had to keep telling myself that it wasn't him because I love him. And I was like, no, you know, it's he, not him. He admittedly uh, broke one of his own rules of never playing a villain. He always said he would never play one. Um, well, he played a villain. But I guess uh, <laughs> decided now... Um, there was like a clip on Wikipedia from an interview that he did where he's like, I'm in my 50s now, I guess, like, you know, whatever, might as well give a villain a shot. Um, but then interestingly enough, because we've talked about this a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, God, he's literally 51. Oh, I've had the biggest crush on him forever. Anyway. Who doesn't love him? I mean, if you don't have a crush on him, you just love him. He's just a really, he's he's been in some really good movies and his isn't he a his sinister acting profile is like and he's he's done so many i mean he's done comedies he's done romance he's done he's got horror, a great he's done yeah so he's kind of done everything um also would love to just say since we were talking about stranger things i think it's hilarious that people now this season are going do you know who Robin is? And I'm over here going, oh, I knew who Christ. Robin was back in season three. She looks just like her mother. I was like, that. I knew that was a Numa Thurman child. that is child. not a baby. I literally <laughs> just, I was scrolling through pictures of Ethan Hawke and I thought it was a picture of Ethan and uh, Uma and it was Ethan and Maya. I was like, she wants a dance like. <laughs> I'm also getting an eye exam tomorrow, so uh, it could be that. Um, In all reality, she does. 100% looks just like Uma. I remember no, she seeing a thousand her. percent looks like Uma. As mother. soon as I saw her in Stranger Things, I was like, mm -hmm. is that Uma Thurman? Like, for a hot second, my brain was like, that has to be someone related to Oh, Uma I was like, Thurman. I know. I was like, that's And I Googled it, and I was like, well, oh, that's I her knew kid. her. Uh, Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke haven't been together in many years. Um... But I knew they had kids. So I was like, obviously, that, that, that is their fucking That is a product. That's their child. Right? <laughs> Duh. I mean, my God. She's hot as fuck, too. Anyway. <laughs> so was her mom. Jeez. I mean, I'm gay, and so was her dad. Ethan Hawke's a very nice looking There's man. There's a good, you know, when, when a good crop comes from two good looking, I mean, it's like, really? Really? You look at her and you look at him and you're like, obviously you would have good looking kids. Obviously. <laughs> they definitely did. But yeah, Ethan Hawke is a fucking beast. And I also love how James, is his name James Ranson? I believe it's pronounced uh, Ranson. Ranson. Him. Ranson or Ransom. And I'm over here like, <laughs> cop from Sinister. Isn't that the cop from Sinister? I said it out loud. And you did. Resist. And I was cracking I up. Resist. This whole because when we went to go see It, Chapter 2, and I saw him, I'm like, isn't that the cop from Sinister? And you were like, yes, honey. <laughs> like, because I was so shocked. I was like, I didn't know. 
But I love that they're in this movie together. Love because it. they were in Sinister together, so. It was amazing. And I just love, <sighs> I've really, he's, he's come to, he's becoming a real favorite of a character actor of mine. James is like the more stuff he keeps popping up in. I'm like, okay, I need to see him in more and more and more and more and more things. Like I'm, I'm really, and, and the character, he, the characters he is, he's portraying are really good too. Like he's doing a really, really, really good job of, honestly, I think that again, the cop from Sinister, because he doesn't really have a name that could have been, the fact that that character that was sort of nameless, maybe on purpose, Deputy So-and-so. became like a breakout just by the sheer ability of how of how incredible of an actor he is. That like this yep. was a no name character that his name was literally Deputy So-and-so. that grabbed everybody's attention. I mean, the fact that they brought him back for the sequel, which was not good, but. Um, Except for the very, very end. That fucked up ass jump scare. The end was really good. That jump was scare, like, I was like, fuck you. Just watch the last 15 minutes of it. Yeah, that jump know. scare at the very, very end. I'm like, fuck you. But like, the the rest of the movie is like, mm. It's really not that good. <laughs> it's really not. Not because of him. It's just, mm. huge shout out to these kids. I have not seen a single one of these kids in anything else. And I they all were fucking amazing. Amazing. Especially the little girl. Also, Listen. we kept bringing up, or I kept bringing up, um, interestingly enough, because Ethan Hawke was in that. That's been almost, tw- it's been like 20 years ago that movie came out. It was Training Day. Mm-hmm. And I, and it was hard not to compare with him being in it for the fact that very much the same that Denzel Washington had never played a villain in anything before. And he played a villain to the hilt. Mm-hmm. He was a crooked cop, the, the most crooked in training day. So it's like, this was really interesting because you, it's again, one of those things to the testament of who they are as an actor that you're having to separate the person from the actor because this character is so awful. Mm-hmm. Which you have to do in this movie. That you're like, I you know that's not Denzel movie. Washington. I know that's not Ethan Hawke. Like, and it helps because throughout the movie, the character up until the end, again, spoilers, uh, has this, portrays these series of, of masks, which are very telling because I told my dad that I compared them to like theater masks because mm-hmm. at times there was a smile, at times there was a frown. So those masks I always thought were like super creepy. I've always they really are though. were super fucking creepy. So, um, also shout out to the trailers. We saw some really good fucking trailers. There are going to be some pretty good, there, there looks like a pretty good crop of, uh, horror films coming. Like, I am I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Smile, smile. I'm really excited about that. Don't worry, serious. darling. Looks uh, like it's going to fuck me in the that head. That looks really good. I can't wait. That gave, uh, Stepford, Stepford wife vibes. It kind of gave. Time. It kind of gave a little bit of Handmaid's Tale vibes too. I'm not gonna lie, just a little bit, just a little bit. But we got Harry Styles and Florence Pugh in that movie, which I don't really care for Harry Styles, but Florence Pugh could do a fucking movie about trash, and I'd watch it. Well, and apparently Olivia Wilde. I didn't see that other movie she did, but like she's really taken on with directing, and I'm I'm always. Happy I love to that see she's more, in the movie too. Uh, yeah, I'm always happy to see more women directors. Like, you know that is that is a thing. 
What? So it's awesome to see more of that. Um, but yeah, I'm. I was telling Casper, I'm really happy to. I'm really excited about seeing this movie again when it's streaming because uh, I told my dad that, you know, Joe Hill wrote the short story that the movie was based off of, and he is Stephen King's son, and this had all the Stephen King fit, feels. It this very much felt like it. This very much felt like a uh, Stephen King movie for sure. Almost like definitely could... a Bloomhouse movie, but but a, but had a Stephen definitely had a Stephen King vibe. It definitely it. feels like a modern it that could actually happen right. type deal. Um, not that it couldn't really happen, but it can't happen. Like Pennywise isn't real. So it was interesting to see it kind of with an it feel with something that could genuinely happen. Um, also, for an overview of the movie, so basically, kids are going missing, they're trying to figure out who did it, main kid goes missing, gets phone calls from ghosts, try to basically help him get out. That's the overview of the movie. Um, I remember when we saw the trailer for it and he got the first phone call and he was, and I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Very what lies beneath feeling because mm, if you guys yeah. remember, or if you have seen what lies beneath or haven't, of course, this is not just what lies beneath. There's a lot of movies now where spirits actually help the living either solve a crime or get out of a situation that they're in that they're not really sure what to do. That's actually a huge plot point with a lot of horror films, and I actually really like that. I like when the ghost is trying to help someone actually either move, you know, progress somewhere or, you know, something like that. I love that. So it was really cool to see him get phone calls from the uh, kids that this guy has killed and each phone call was a different kid and they told him something different to basically help him escape. And his sister right. also had, um, I guess you could call it prophetic dreams. Um, she was able to see things in her dreams. Yeah. Which I, it would have been interesting to find out what actually happened to the mom. Did we ever figure out what happened to their mom? Was she, oh, she killed she herself. She killed herself. That's yeah, right. She killed herself. Said so the the father is uh, played by uh, Jeremy Davies. I believe, yeah, yeah, Jeremy Davies, um, who's phenomenal. We remembered that he was in Twister. He's literally been in everything. <laughs> He's in. Um, I remember him mostly from Lost, which is hilarious. <laughs> He plays uh, Gwen and Finney's father, Mason Thames, and Madeline McGraw. These kids are going to be absolute Huge. standout. And little Mason Huge. on his Instagram looks way too grown up for 15. Like, these kids need He's to... He's 15? These kids need to stop it. <laughs> these kids look way too freaking grown up for 15. Like, just stop How old is that, that little girl? Is she... Um, she... Is she younger? She looked younger. Oh, she's gotta be. Oh, I guess she's done Disney stuff, so obviously I wouldn't fucking know. I don't have kids. Same. Um, she was born in two thousand and eight. Wow, what a what I, a baby! I can't math at all. Twelve. Uh, no, fourteen. Thir she'll be fourteen. She'll be fourteen. She's December. This December. She'll be. 14. She looks a lot younger than that. Um, I feel like they make Max on Sadie's sink. They make look super young, and she's what she's, 19, 20? She's twenty. Yeah, so they you're they right. Make her look super young on this. They can do that with these kids. They now. can. I mean, you know. 
Um, they can. But really, you know, that was another thing that was so cool about watching this with Casper having finished Stranger Things, me almost done. This had Stranger Things vibes. It was set mm -hmm. in 78. It's geared a lot around the kids. The soundtrack is amazing. It's so good. Um, <laughs> I figured out what Pink Floyd song that was, too. What was it? It was driving me insane. Because um, I had to I, I had to tell my husband it. Because I was like, they took that part and synced it so perfect to the scene in the movie. And they really did. If you guys have seen it, you know exactly what the fuck we're talking about. It is... It is like, it's just perfection. Um, on the Run. It's the song that's right run. in between Breathe and Time. And it's just sounds. Because at the end, it's the crashing clock. Because then it goes into time. Um, on the amazing 1973 Pink Floyd album, Dark Side of the Moon. I, 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 it's one of the best Pink Floyd albums. Really one so. of the best Pink Floyd albums. One of, should I say one of the greatest albums of all Period. time? Mm -hmm. Period. Dot. I just want to say that uh, Beyonce had say, one of the greatest albums of all time. Just, I just want, I just want to say Pink Floyd had one of the greatest albums of all time. I love it. I love it. But uh, yeah, so it it had it had huge Stranger Things vibes too. So that was kind they of were cool riding in the kids mix, riding so. bikes and oh like yeah, very time. very much big it and Stranger Things had a child. Huge, huge. It was I it was great. It. Um, so Gwen and Finney's mother has committed suicide they are under the care of their father who is a alcoholic um you find out later that their mother killed herself because as gwen is also having these prophetic dreams of either what's to come or what has happened their mother as their father described had the same type of visions and dreams which i'm sure to everybody else um would have been perceived as uh schizophrenia mm -hmm. So um, I could see if nobody believed her, that would lead her to, unfortunately, commit suicide, yeah. which the father says she does. And uh, the kids um, are just kids, you know, Finney's being, unfortunately, bullied at school, but there's this other kid that sticks up for him. And um, God bless Robin, man. Series, Robin was uh, the cutest little kid. And he was like, fuck you, leave him alone. Like next time you fuck with him, I'm a fuck with you. Yeah, you that that kid was a fighter through and through, and he stuck up for him. Robin was a good uh, kid. Finney was also tutoring him in math, which mm -hmm. is cute. Uh, but yeah, it just like you know, then you start to see these series of po of um, missing posters, and um, that's when you realize there is a kidnapper killer in the neighborhood. They're referring to him as the grabber. Um, it seems like there's a kid every week. Obviously, they're speeding up time. The movie's only an hour, 45 minutes long. But it seems like there's a kid every week that goes missing. Eventually, uh, the first kid we are introduced to is a kid that was on Finney's baseball team or opposing baseball team. Um, and then later, Robin goes missing. Um, and, uh, and then it's Finn. Yeah, and then Finn later goes missing. Prior to that, though... Uh, the boy that was on the opposing baseball team had a sister that Gwen, Finney's sister, said she had had a dream about black balloons in reference to the grabber, which the news is referring to the kidnapper to. So the police come to her school to visit her um, to basically say nobody knew about the black balloons. How did you know about that? And this is when 
this is when you know Gwen don't play. Like, this is when you're introduced, like, really introduced to her, and you fucking fall in love with this child from that moment on. She's amazing. She calls him fucking fart knocker. She's like, oh, what? You think I'm the grabber? You fucking fart knock? I'm like, this kid, how old are you? What? What is happening? She was amazing. Well, she was basically like, like you really think that I'm doing this fucking shit? Well, yeah, because, I mean, that's kind of stupid. Like, the the one cop is just being a douchebag and it's like really well like, if you saw the other cop he literally see, was going like Stop. like let's like, let's calm that down i could see how you know it would be really hard to believe you know again this is said in 1978 that this child is having these visions dreams or what have you of of something that's crucial to the crime scene that has not been relief released by the news the cops are definitely going to be like wait how did you know that but then for the one cop to basically be like very, very strongly insinuating that this tiny, tiny child had something to do with it. Yeah, you're being a fucking fart knocker. She nailed it. She reminds me a lot of Erica from Stranger Things. Oh, Just yeah, very, you called it. Very you much. It. I'm not taking shit. Definitely a lot more cussing in this than yeah. Stranger Things. But we know why. But that's okay. If Stranger um, Things was more for mature audiences, more R-rated, there would be more cussing. Because didn't they say fuck this season? Yes. I thought there was a fuck somewhere, but I don't remember where. Or he was going to say fuck when they were at Susie's. Spoiler. Oh, that's right. I mean, spoiler, but not spoiler. We know who Susie is, but anyway. At first second, I was like, who the hell? Oh, yeah. Turn around. <laughs> Look at what you see. <laughs> I fucking love Susie. Dusty butts. Um. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, Susie. Um. But yeah, no, she had very much an Erica vibe where she was basically like, like fuck, take with no shit. fuck with my brother, fuck with my friends. Yeah. No. Like, yeah. no, absolutely not. I'm going to do everything I can to keep them safe type deal. And her and her brother's relationship was so cute. I I loved them because, you know, their dad was super abusive. And there's a really rough scene. Very rough. Him uh, whipping her with a belt. And you obviously don't see it, but you know what's going on. And it's because of the visions or the dreams that she's having. And him equating that to their mother and you know you pretty much gather that he's turned into what he's turned into because their mother killed herself. right like that's, right he has a lot of trauma for that yeah. he's not dealing with he's trying to raise two kids now on his own he's become an alcoholic you know he's not coping obviously he's not doing very and well putting his kids through a lot of trauma but it's like through that trauma these kids find and i'm obviously not wishing that on anybody mm -hmm. but anybody that's had a traumatic childhood you do know you either let it make you or break you and um you you definitely see these kids become stronger for it and i guess that's something shared with again bringing it back to stranger things but again no spoilers with stranger things but trauma is a huge part of this entire season yep. and that is really something that is going on with these two kids as related to not only losing their mother in such a tragic way, but also dealing with now their father being an alcohol, being abusive alcoholic. Um, their, their trauma is what's not only holding them together or bringing them together to make them stronger. That strength 
later on is literally what what saves them saves finn at the end of the day so um but i i do have to say real quick because this brings up the funniest part of the entire movie so what is her name quinn gwen gwen yeah so the sister gwen is quote unquote praying and she's basically asking god right before finn gets taken she prays and is like you know if there's anything you can do to help finn you know find his friend or whatnot you know please do that and then finn gets taken yeah she knows she has these visions so she even though her dad says they're bad she prays all the time about them you know especially before finn gets taken so yeah the this time after he oh my god and once he gets taken though her her visions actually get she she gets a lot more visions once he's taken because she starts connecting to the spirits of the children and she's able to connect to those spirits and actually she's getting more visions she's able to um she actually gets a vision of part of the house and this little child goes out by herself to try to find this house on her bike on her bike like this kid is determined and then what was really cute though is even though you know her dad kind of turned into a piece of shit she went to him and she goes you know i really want to talk to you about this and she really felt like she's and then he actually believed her he, he drove her, her around yeah. he drove her around and was like you know basically like asking her if you, she sees anything and she never saw it but her visions kept getting clearer and clearer as she had them but it comes to one point which which point was that when she said what the fuck like jesus she said what the fuck it's the greatest. I mean, I think we've all found she ourselves. She straight up was like, like at a certain point. she pulls out her and crucifix, her her she mother keeps Mary like card. This whole little, it's so fucking cute because I'm like, this is the making of a little witch. It's adorable. She's right. got like a whole little altar in her dollhouse. Yep. It's the cutest little fucking thing. <laughs> and um, I kept mine in my little kitten caboodle. So little baby witch. Um, it's so adorable. And she like pulls out all her little stuff and she's got her little book of Psalms and her little cross yeah. and her little thumb. And she straight up goes, Jesus, what the fuck? Well, at some point her visions stop. This is like when it's starting to get to a more like pivotal part in the story. Because the next one after that is that like bully kid that gets kidnapped, the one on the pinball machine. It's the next one after that where so, she's in the right. car with him. So like yep. for a minute, her they they kind of stop. Her dreams sort of stop. And she's not like getting anywhere because her dad takes her out. That's she right. And she feels it. like she's not getting anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, because it's starting to, we're, we're starting to sort of get to like the climax of the film. Because I think at this point, uh, the police have actually come to the house. Well, they came to the house that the bodies were at. No. Mm-hmm. They yeah. went to the house because it was the brother's house. I know I'm saying a lot ahead of time, but he came... They went to the ha the brother's house. That's the house the bodies were underneath. No, I mean, I mean when they interviewed the brother. Remember when they interviewed the brother? They were at the house the bodies were in. Because remember with the uh, the thing he made. Mm-hmm. That was in the living room. That was in the living room of the house. Of the, the other bodies. House. The bodies were in that house. That's right. Finn was in the other one. Ow! I was trying to remember <laughs> the layout of the living room. 
when they first saw the brother versus when they went back to that house. Because after. it was the same house, but that was the house that the bodies were in. So his brother wasn't even in the house. Oh, so they didn't want to give... That's why they shot... So it's it's really yep. cool the way they shot that as not to give that away because that's an amazing Yeah, part they really did they, a good job. They that. shot it to where... So there's a part um, where the cops actually... You find out that the grabber's living with his brother... And his brother has no idea, and his brother's kind of this hopeless dope that's kind of hapless dope. I guess I should say hapless, not hopeless. Hapless dope that's... Maybe uh, he is hopeless, we don't know. Maybe, too. He's a cocaine addict, <laughs> clearly. So, clearly, you know, yeah. hopeless could be a part of that, too. And of all things, he's got this, like mapped out thing where he's been investigating the case and you guys the know that meme are, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where the guy's yeah, like... Yeah, and it's Charlie yeah. Day pointing at the... Yeah, so it's basically <laughs> that. Because um, the cops are going around and canvassing the neighborhood and asking anybody if they've seen anything and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, it's just amazing that you find out at that point that he has no idea. And the way they shot it, it's to believe that he essentially is in the basement of this of this house. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, I picked up on the Gacy vibes yeah. really quickly on with the grabber. I mean, it wasn't, you know, and they kept it very, um, you know, that is really something I appreciated with this movie, as gruesome as it is to imagine someone taking and killing kids. They really, you know, when when the spirits are visiting him, a few that you can actually see, there's some you get like a backstory on. Um, there's flashbacks of who they were when they were still alive. And then you see him grabbing them, essentially. He always goes by the grabber. You never know his name. Um, and there's this van, the balloons. It's it, it immediately Gacy vibes. I mean, oh, I yeah. just got Gacy vibes. And, and immediately, I mean, even up until the very end of the movie, the, the crawl space in the basement, it boys, it's like, okay, well, that's, that's Gacy. Gacy. It's Gacy. And... Um, yeah, it was really interesting, though, with the masks, because it's like when he would be in a happy mood with Finn, he'd have one mask with a smile. If he was mad, the mask would have a frown. It was really weird how you almost felt like he himself had these different personalities. That um, wasn't me. That was Patricia. Exactly, which I could totally believe. I uh, feel like he did have split personality disorder. Yeah, and it it's telling because there's a part where so... Apparently that phone really does ring and he mentions it freaked me out when I heard it too the first time I was down here. The grabber says this. He says, I guess it's static electricity or something where it will ring. It's an old rotary phone on the wall, but it's not plugged into anything. Um, so I guess just through static in the line, it does ring, but Finn is hearing the spirits. He's when when we see visions of them, even when there are visions, now there's a couple of times he does see the bodies um, when they're pointing to something. But essentially, if they're on the phone, times that we've seen them after they're already dead, he doesn't see them. But then we also get flashbacks of who they were and then when the grabber takes them. And um, I have to say, I really enjoy the fact that, that we was don't well see them die. I we don't see did him not torture want them, to see that. That'll, but because that's not needed, no. But the way that they did it was they did it to where the bodies that you see, like when they're talking to Finn, 
you can see the blood stains and you can see basically how they died. That was brilliant. Well, he even mentions that he stabs them. That was just brilliant, on. though. So he that so, we didn't have to see that. They just showed you the body. There's enough that can be implied in movies that you don't have to do all of that. Mm-hmm. You just really fucking don't, especially when it comes to kids. Um, also, rape revenge films. We don't have to see the rape for 25 minutes. Thank you. Like, Bye. We just don't have to do any of that in anything. We you know don't. what I mean? You can imply enough of it that people know, and it's horrific, and then you can get to the revenge. Yeah. Then we can get to that part. Sounds Because that's what the fuck we want to see. That's what a normal, sane person wants to see so and most of the people that are watching that out of the way (laughs) most of the people that are watching rape revenge films mostly are women and women don't want to see the rape i can tell you that right now we don't well i don't i i don't i'm a survivor and uh yeah but it's nice i just i love how the movie did that i love how the movie was like Leave it up to your imagination. It's already horrific enough. Well, I mean, it didn't need to be. And I think the tone was set enough that you didn't, it it didn't need to be. The way the exactly. movie was shot and the way the story was told, you didn't need that. Um, sorry if you guys hear a really loud chirp. I have some, I have some cardinal friends. <laughs> I think it's cute. I was like, oh, dude, is it a cardinal friend? So they like, uh. <laughs> They work for peanuts. Um, anyway, so yeah, it's uh, it, it did not, it didn't need it. You don't need it. A lot mm-hmm. of a lot of movies, enough is implied that you just don't need it. And nope. this didn't need it when it came to kids. Again, it really didn't. as Casper said, with rape scenes, you don't need it. Um, it was perfect, and this was told. This was the kids' story. It wasn't the grabber's story, so I think also with movies like that, to to blatantly show those scenes, I feel like you're not telling the survivor's story, you're telling the perpetrator's story, and I don't know why you would want to do that. Like, that's not, unless that's your point, but... I think when you're calling it a revenge movie, if you have to drag out the brutality of what happens to that person, whether they're tortured, whether they're raped, whatever, or both, um, when you have to drag that out, it's like, whose story are you really telling? Because you've made an hour of the film, them being tortured in like the last 40 minutes Mm -hmm. of them getting the revenge. Like, who got their story told? I don't. I don't get that either. So I hope I, I cleared that up for people who like those movies because, again, it's like, whose story are you telling? If you're giving me over an hour of the torture and the last 30, 40 minutes of them actually getting their just their justice, what is that? What are we Well, see, that makes perfect sense to me because I feel like if you are telling... This person got tortured for an hour and a half and has all this trauma for a lifetime and it took 15 seconds or to kill the person who did... I don't... I. I'm just not vibing with that. Same. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not vibing I'm not with down. that concept. No. It's just, it's not working for me. So let's just not do that anymore. Um, but this movie genuinely pulled it off fantastically. It really did. Very well done. Extremely well done. Um, So I guess it's doing so well. It's pretty much either broken or hit or close to the 100 million mark. Um, so the budget was literally oh, not even nice. 20 million, nice. which is fit. 
That's they are, insane. They have hit over the 100 million mark. I think they want to consider a sequel. Um, I would love to get a backstory on this guy. Uh, there was I'd like to get a prequel for sure. There was definitely some trauma in his past. We know that there's hints of him having previously been in that basement. So I'm guessing maybe there's some familial abuse. Uh, we came up with that this was possibly the home that him and the brother we know now that was the brother i think his name is max max who james plays uh ransom in the movie uh and he from what i could gather i'm thinking more than likely that was the house they grew up in and that it was probably their father that abused the grabber who's unknown name um and not the brother so uh it would be pretty telling to find out how the monster became the monster. You know, that's always something that people are interested in. What, what makes up the psyche of a person? Again, no excuse to what they fucking did. Like, fuck you. You know, you, you, know. you should either burn, die, suffer, you know, forever. But uh, in hell or otherwise in a prison cell for doing that to someone. Um, so no excuses for what you did. But again, to just equate, okay, that's person's evil next moving on well then we're not really getting anywhere are we because if you don't figure out why there's no way of training medical uh and uh mental health professionals and how to cope with because there are people like this mm -hmm. so you have to know how to deal with people like this yep not just pass it off as one thing so um again no excuse for what the fuck they did no. it's awful horrible fuck <laughs> that absolutely not but to but the science behind it the science behind it you know it's just like i don't know if you saw it there was a trailer today for the prequel to orphan i don't know if you guys saw the trailer but uh it looks pretty good mm -hmm. i'm not gonna lie so i'm actually really interested to see what makes what made esther esther um very weird to see her playing in that because she's like 25 now but they did a good job it looks pretty good and i'm curious to see where they go with that so it would be really neat if they did a prequel to this movie where you got his backstory excuse me goodness yeah that movie was amazing so i'm excited about a prequel to orphan when but, we um, later you should yeah watch that the would trailer. be really it looks good. Pretty good yeah because i haven't seen it yet so i should i definitely want to see that but yeah i would love to a prequel would be great if we get another uh black phone 2 or whatever they would decide to call it um so yeah at this point um finny finn pretty much at <laughs> towards the end he's going by finn um he is getting every clue he can from the previous kids there's a window in the basement he pulls down with a wire that they tell him one kid tells him to find he's trying to dig through a pit uh that i one kid tells him to find there's um through the wall in an adjacent room that's a bathroom there's a freezer door uh that he's telling him to bust through we can't get through well what you realize is that basically every single one of these things that these kids were telling him was going to lead later as a trap to get him out of there so it was kind of brilliant the way that all added up at the end too because you thought each one of these was a it was a failed plot to the other kid and you thought it was going to be failed 
for Finn, but at the end of it, all of them came together to ultimately uh, defeat the grabber and and get him out of there and save his life. It was just that in that in and of itself was brilliant. How everything mm-hmm. sort of like you know we we all knew as an audience that he was going to get out, but you you're the whole time you're you're empathizing with him because this is horrible and this guy is fucking weird and he's like doing these weird things where he'll leave the door unlocked because he wants him to try to get out because the kids tell him it's like a game to him as soon as you get up to the top of the steps he's waiting there with a belt and beat, dude, listen, him sitting there shirtless Ew, with that it was belt. so weird with the mask, with the nope. frowny mask. Didn't oh, care for that at all. I didn't like that at all. It was fucking I did not care weird. for that. The movie was scary, not Well, you the, knew he was, it was a sexual arousal thing for him. See, yeah. That's, that's why they there did it like so that. There was so much of that that gave mm-hmm. that, you know, and then here's another, like, to take it back around to kids, the kind of Freddy Krueger-esque vibes where, you know, you, you find out later that uh, uh, Wes Craven originally wrote Freddy as a child rapist, mm-hmm. changed it to a child murderer. Um, Joe Hill had John Wayne Gacy in mind, John Wayne Gacy uh rapist murderer um so you put all that together there were there were very implied things throughout this movie that sort of made me feel like freddy esque mm-hmm. where they didn't have to come right out and say that he does something sexual with these kids or like has a sexual thrill from what he has from what he does to these kids but you you know it like when he wakes up and he's just sitting there fucking looking at him and he's like i just like to watch you sleep and you're like okay that had a weird psycho- I was like, oh. That had a weird psychosexual vibe. Like that's fucking no. Like that right there. So there's a there's enough in there that's already getting under your skin and creeping you the fuck out. That's again, that's what works so fucking well for this movie and what needs to be the cues of a lot of these directors where less is more yep. and you can make it work unless that's your thing. Now, if that is your thing to put it all out there and bring it if it's worked for you, God bless you. Do your thing. Because some of those movies I enjoy, and if it works, Same. it works. But with movies like this, less is more. And it can work. And Blumhouse is just, again, we've said this a million times. When they're on point, they fucking <laughs> nail it. But when they're not on point, they're really not. <laughs> oh, literally. <laughs> it's like, cue the... Cue the Price is Right music. (laughs) 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 It's like fucking awful. Like it's just like this is bad. You lost. You lost your all the money. Um, it just. But yeah, when they when they nail it, they fucking nail it, and that's uh the the whole vibe with Less Is More in this movie worked. There was enough that was implied that this guy was just a fucking. It just creeped you out enough that you just didn't even need to put all that in there. And you knew why he was doing this. You knew he was getting his jollies off, which is... And it just literally vomitous. I think the best less is more movies that we could easily give was Paranormal Activity and The Blair Witch Project. I mean, movies that were made on basically nothing. 
and have made millions of dollars. It's just like someone said one time, and it's the absolute truth. Your imagination is going to scare you more than something that you see. It is true in my case. It's why Annabelle took me out. The original Annabelle. When you saw the demon, I'm like, this looks like motherfucking goat man on steroids. What the fuck is this I'm shit? like, ew, that's not scary. <laughs> and then Annabelle Creation came out where you get glimpses of him, or you only see his eyes, or you only that's see him in the dark. Needed. And I'm like, I'm more scared of that shit because my brain's going to come up with something way scarier than what I look at. So I appreciate movies that leave something up to mystery, but implies it to the point where your brain can just run with it and then you're terrified. But I, mean, I think the original movie that did that was Jaws, which was completely yeah. intended. It's because the, the fucking shark never worked, but... <laughs> Bruce. Hello, <laughs> Bruce. You know that's why he got yeah. that name in Nemo. A lot of people don't need yeah. that. And I think the rumor mill was it was actually Steven Spielberg's lawyer or something. Hilarious. Which Hello, Bruce. Um, it's, yeah, the fucking shark never worked. So, un completely unintended. The fact that you never see that goddamn shark except, like, a, a handful of times... It, I actually think you only like, see him once at the end, don't you? That's like the big, I think the big reveal. Times. I think there's two times. Oh, is there? I think there's two different times. Yeah, because he's throwing the chum in and he jumps out and there's the other time. So I think there's really only two. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like pretty much every horror director in that same vein since Jaws is sort of copying the same method of like, well, hey, this... All the audience had to think was that the fucking shark was going to get them. They didn't even have to see the shark and everybody is terrified. And that was it. You know, so it was enough in this movie to know that this guy is a fucking weirdo and a creep and is obviously doing something sexual or, or, or getting a thrill from this for what he's doing to these kids that you didn't need all that. You just knew it was happening and it grossed you out enough. I'm telling that, I literally felt my skin crawl when he woke up and he was just sitting yep. there staring at him. Because I can't, listen, I can't fucking stand that shit. No. Did you fucking sit there and stare at me? Fucking paranormal activity. Sit there and fucking stare. Katie, staring at me when I'm goddamn sleeping. <laughs> I will throat punch you. I don't know. <laughs> that, is, that, that has always been the literal creepiest thing to me is somebody watching you sleep. No! Yeah. That is that it's is not no. cute. It's not romantic. It's disturbing. <laughs> like, I get it oh. if, if, like, you wake up and you look at your partner and you're like, oh, look, that's cute. They're sleeping. And you watch them for a few seconds and then you go back to sleep or whatever. But when you just Katie Featherston just fucking get up and look at them with the eyes you had on your <laughs> see there's a difference look there's a difference between going oh they're so precious and then just giving them a kiss and going yeah. back to sleep as opposed to full on <laughs> like if I woke up <laughs> like listen like I love you to death but if I woke up to that you You're better get your glasses smacked off like I did at the reformatory class. <laughs> you better be right with the Lord because I'm sending it to him. Listen, there's... 
That fucking, that's fucking creepy. There's I'm, just certain things you don't do, and that's on the list of you don't do. You just don't do that ever. Let's, let's revisit that story real quick, guys. So, that was a great um, story. If you didn't hear what happened back at the reformatory, that was a great story. They were having a, uh, the week before we went, or a few days before we went, they had a, um, so many, 50th anniversary of Shawshank, or 30th, or 20th, or something like that. It wasn't 50th, but, um, they had... Sorry, we're not good with numbers today. Not today. <laughs> not um, today. They had cardboard cutouts of the characters. Just randomly placed all throughout the... Uh, yeah, just Morgan Freeman here, Tim Robbins here. <laughs> just just in random places. They were supposed to be set up from scenes in the movie, but then people obviously, because they weren't put away, were just putting them in random places. Yeah. Well, someone put one... In the opening of a cell. Listen, though, <laughs> thinking back, kudos to whoever did that. Because I probably would have done some shit like that. Because that's actually a really good idea. It's so, really funny. You know. It's really funny. Scared the piss out of me. It really did. But. So we're walking by. And in Listen, all reality. Heightened senses already at yes. that point. Because really, we hadn't done anything since. The board the house. house. We hadn't really it had been done, a year. But I mean, but we were that wasn't that was a house. Yeah. Haunted, it hadn't been a this year. This was it hadn't been a year because it was in 2019 when we went to the reformatory. Because remember, COVID was in 2020. And that's when we oh, went to Waverly. So it was the same year. It was okay. just later that year. Okay, yeah. I think it was August. Yeah, it was. Okay. Crazy. But still, we had never done still. anything that huge though. I mean, it's huge. It's a N giant yeah, no. prison. Um, the boarding house so. was actually very small. Um, cons you could probably fit 25,000 of those houses in the reformatory. Can sit, right, exactly. <laughs> so you're you're already on... Your alert is already on a thousand. You're already <laughs> right. freaked out. It's dark. You're in this old haunted prison. You're like, okay, great. What's going to so, happen? So someone put one of these cardboard cutouts in the door of a cell. Me and, Soph me and Becky are walking by... She glances over. <laughs> I don't blame her for doing this because it would have scared the piss out of me. I too. would have scared anybody, really. She looked no. over, thought it was a fucking ghost. Oh, I thought Jump. I just saw a full body. I'm thinking, oh, this, this is the first time I see a full body apparition right now. She doesn't scream. She jumps into my arms and flings, like, hits my glasses to where full they fly off. Scooby Doo. And her yes. arms. Imagine <laughs> like, she was Scooby Doo and I was Velma. Yeah, like that's that's what happened. Scooby knocked Velma's glass. I was Velma's laughing glass. so. Like wrong. once we figured out what was happening and I realized that it was a cardboard cutout, we laughed. It was so funny. Like when I realized my glasses weren't broken, <laughs> everything was okay. She, I, she's like, I. She apologized like all night. I couldn't stop laughing because I kept thinking about it. I, I was like, you jumped. Terrible. You jumped, but. You guys ever seen a cat react to a cucumber? That's what <laughs> Becky did. Just full on. Listen, I didn't realize with this arthritic 30-something body that I had reflexes still left like that. But I guess there's still a few lives, less, lives left in this cat. Because <laughs> I really didn't know I could still do that. I was like, holy shit. I was kind of impressed because I really didn't. I was like, I didn't think I could... I could leap like that anymore. Girl, but uh, I, so guess, I guess the adrenaline. It was. Listen, I've heard adrenaline 
can make motherfuckers lift cars off of people. So I'm really not surprised that it made me do that. It makes you a little bit superhuman. I Olympic jumped in the air. You really did. You said I must. I like pole vaulted. You said I must go. My people need me. I was out. I was out. I was like, I'm not. That was a great time. I know. So I guess. So now we all know if I actually ever do see a full body apparition, that's what's going to happen. I'm going to be like, zoinks and fucking just, no. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I I want to see a full body apparition and I know it's going to scare gonna me. Be safe. <laughs> and we're all going to have, have a great time. time. What the Jesus Christ was. <laughs> what the Jesus Christ was that? I might be screaming that as I'm running down the hallway away from it. Oh my God. But yeah, so guys, um, this brings us pretty much to the ending. Finn is pretty much at his wit's end. He is just feeling totally defeated. He gets that last phone call. Um, the last kid who calls him of all things is Robin. They have this emotional moment on the phone together. Listen, I got really, teary eyed. Oh God, I did too. <laughs> I straight up did. I don't know how you couldn't. It was. It was. So you know, not sweet. only was this his friend, this was the kid that stood up to him and was telling him, like, you know, you've always been strong, dude. Like, you've always had this in you. And, um, you know, he tells him to fill up the phone receiver with dirt, tell him, tells him to hit him with it. Uh, he sets these traps. He puts the wire over the ditch that he dug. He, you know, all this different stuff he puts together. And uh, in the meantime, as all this is happening, Gwen has one of her final visions of one of the other previous kids that was kidnapped that leads her to this house. So now this house that she's continued to see, she has a full view of it. She takes it to the cops. They find it. So this is all going on as he's getting ready to have this like last showdown uh, with the grabber. We should also say there was a previous point where he actually did get out. Um, yeah, he the did. The grabber fell asleep. The kid gave him a bike lock combination. He got out, but the grabber got him. Uh, the stupid him, dog woke him up. And, and then told he... him he would cut his throat if he would scream so he had no choice but at this point this is like the showdown um so he's got so the he phone gets, in his hand right and he's getting ready he's to... he comes the grabber comes down with his dog and basically puts the dog as a guard dog to the door so finn can't run out right and right. then he comes in he's got an axe and a, no oh wait no, no 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 well he killed his brother first yeah because no, so the brother, Finn was in the house with the brother the whole time. Because how does the brother get in the basement? Because the brother went to the other side of the house. He went to the other house. That's right. Because he said, I knew my brother was keeping something from me, but I had no idea. Now, how did he end up? Oh, he's sitting in the living room. He's looking at this map thing he's made. And he realizes... That he's like looking, looking, looking. He's going, holy shit, those coordinates are the house across the street, which we still don't know yet until the very end. Which he obviously and still knows that they own, like his brother owns. His brother parks his van over there. Like right. He's very aware that, that his brother his owns brother that lives house, there, yeah. but he's usually never there. Um, so that's when he goes into the basement and Finn is like, oh my God, oh my God, get the cops, get the cops. And the guy's like... I found you! I found you! Almost like happy... God, this idiot. Poor, poor Max. He's so dumb. Um, and then unfortunately, at this point, uh, he... 
he's literally right behind his brother, which he kind of knew was going to happen, and uh, hits him, literally right, nails him, right in the fucking head, fucking literally made me think of American Psycho. Right? Oh my god, I thought of it too. I was uh, like, well, damn. And hits him with this axe in the, you know, in his skull and just yep. cracks him and you're like, fuck. And, uh, and then the killer does this weird, he like blames him. Like it's Finn's fault that he killed his brother. Oh yeah, he's victim blaming. So that's fucking weird. So he has the dog with him and he tells him, he's like, you know, he makes the line, like, I'm going to have fun with you. He chains the dog up to the corner. Um, and then what does he do? He takes the axe. He's got the axe. I'm trying to remember what happens after that. I think Finn does something to get him to come closer to him. And then, that's right. Finn actually runs at him. And then he hits him. So Finn's kind of like, whoa. And then the guy, uh, the grabber... Um, they kind of hit each other, basically. Okay, yeah, there's kind of And a then tussle. Finn's able to get up, and then he runs over where the trap is. And falls and then into the, and, the... And runs across it. Okay, he... yeah, I always forget there's like a... When he runs at him, he's not expecting it. Right. And there's like this scuffle that happens, and Finn's able to get away. And that's when, as he runs at him, he trips over the wire and falls into the ditch that Finn dug. And Finn, meanwhile, has this heavy ass... Listen, if you guys don't remember how heavy receivers were to old ass rotary phones, go into an antique store and find one. Right. And realize why those were in so many movies where people bash people's heads in with them. Um, not to mention he filled that thing with dirt. So yeah, he's that just, thing was I mean, heavy. We, if, if I could have cheered in the theater, I would have. He's just we pretty much bashing were. him over the head, bashing him over the head, bashing him over the head, over and over and over. He cracked his mask. So this is the first time we actually get to even see Ethan Hawke's face, which was kind of brilliant. Because mm -hmm. like we were saying, the whole time we were really trying to take ourselves out of it being like it's Ethan, Ethan Hawke. Hawk. Like, please, it's not him. Um, and then he... Uh, wraps the cord around his neck and as he's choking him and his eyes are getting more bloodshot he puts the receiver up to his ear and all the kids he's killed are like are just are, are yelling at him they're letting him have it and it's just it's amazing it's such a it's such an incredible scene it's really climactic it's um, great the Pink Floyd song is actually happening so a little bit beforehand as the brother figures out that it's the house across the street and walks in and is getting ready to open the door into the basement, that's when that Pink Floyd song is going, oh my God, it's literally it's perfect. so good. It's, it's timed so well. Um, so at this point, he's killed the grabber. Uh, the dog is still tied up. You're like, oh shit, because the dog's right by the, the door. Like, okay, clearly he's not going to get past this dog. So where he had dug into the side of the wall where there was a freezer blocking it that he couldn't get out of there were stakes in the freezer he threw one of the stakes at the dog i was like this is brilliant this is so brilliant how each one of these each one of these these setups didn't work but literally led to the as a whole trap, like yeah. the whole thing so in the meantime the cops are we think they're at the house yeah, they you don't know into, it's two separate houses. They break yet. into this house and the house is empty and you're like, what the fuck? And um now all of a sudden I got Silence of the Lambs vibes. I'm like, oh <laughs> shit, threat the wrong Clarice, threat the wrong fucking house. What's going on? 
Um, they get into the basement. This is where we get Gacy, mm -hmm. and they're buried in a crawl space. And and then see. all of us were kind of like, "What the fuck?" Because at that point we didn't know. Yeah, we, we didn't were know. Like, okay, so we're so like, okay, found, so there's the basement. She found the house. She knew the house of the where the victims where the victims were, were, were buried, born. So, and they're born. <laughs> Where the victims were, I said victims. Well, born into death. Uh, <laughs> we're fine. Totally fine. <laughs> How they had the grave dug, like he was. There was a fresh grave dug yeah. for for the kid. Yeah, so we knew that he was getting ready to kill Finn. Like this was it. Um, so while we're all confused and like, what the fuck, the little girl Quinn is outside of she's the house, sitting there like, what is going on? There's cops, the coroner, all these people. Finn comes walking out from the house across the street. And that's when you realize, oh my God. Oh my God. It was never in the same house. It was never in the same house. That's when you start figuring it out. He owned both houses. The brother never knew. He knew that he owned that house. Because again, like Casper was, you know, the, the van was there or whatnot, but it's, it's just so crazy how they did that. Cause the whole time, I mean, you're like, you're like, oh my God, I can't even believe. Cause that was me. I mean, how many times did I keep saying, how in the hell did he not know? I mean, I get it. There's fucked up shit. A lot of people don't know what happens in their own goddamn house. I, but again, like, I don't know. That was just weird. <laughs> Your brother's sitting there with a belt in his hand. Um, you don't see him shirtless. sitting there in the kitchen. Are you that coked out? Like, <laughs> you're not asking questions. And then all of a sudden it all made sense. That makes sense. Okay. Got it. Um, it's not the same house. It's a different house. So when the cops come, at this point, Gwen goes running straight to her brother. And the cops, the, the two detectives that have been on the case the whole time, the fucking fart knockers, redeem themselves. <laughs> and they come running out and they see Finny and uh, Finn, Finny, uh, at this, and Gwen together at this point. And it's just, yeah. Just incredible. The movie at that point is, yeah, the dad shows up. Um, He's like, I'm sorry. You're really hoping this is the, God. Like, what, what more is it going to take, dude? Your wife killed herself because she was having visions. Your son's been kidnapped. Like, come on. Are we, are we going to? And we, clearly can your we daughter's. Get some family, can we get some family therapy going? Can we get some and clearly your daughter's visions were correct. Let's get some AA and some family therapy going. Let's do okay. that. Let's do that. And how about some single therapy Let's, do, let's well. do that. He needs let's some. That. Let's needs. get some individual therapy and family therapy and AA and Al-Anon. Great. Yes. All of that. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty much the whole movie. Um. Again, so, so little done to say so much and to just really be Little crazy. really was more. Uh, a couple jump scares that I appreciated too that were just brilliantly timed, um, totally caught you off guard because you were really like kind of on edge. This The movie was so dark and creepy already because you're just very, anything, we've talked about this a million times, the subject matter with kids is very uncomfortable. We normally don't ever... We've done maybe two or three episodes about actual child killers, and we don't really go into a lot of detail with that. Um, it's a really awful subject matter. So even fictionally, uh, that just that stuff is all disturbing. Because um, even fictional, it's based somewhere or in some faction has 
brutally, gruesomely, unfortunately happened. And um, so you already know it's there. It's already in your head enough that it's there because you know that that to an extent something like that has already similarly happened. So um, the movie's just really unsettling and creepy. Mm -hmm. It's just cre you're you're creeped out the whole freaking time and and unsettled the whole time. And then um, once the grabber shows up, it's like then it's creepy times a million. It's already at that point because now you're introduced to him and um, Ethan Hawke just. He did a fucking great job. It's like once that mask got on him, it's very much in the same vein, I feel like, with any of these horror movie icons. I feel like as soon as that Michael Myers mask goes on, boom, there it is. It's turned on. That that Jason Hockey mask comes on, boom. That Freddy makeup comes on, they're in it. Like, that mask, I feel like, pulled him... Because he had a totally different voice he used, which I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And the voice would even interchange at times and mm -hmm. sound, Casper pointed out, at times it would sound very childlike, which was very telling. Um, like with, That's with, what if made he was me in a good split personality. Yes, that. because of his own child trauma. So it was like he would, when he wanted to connect with Finn, it was like he would drop into this childlike voice when he was trying to be nice, quote unquote. But then when he was evil Ugh, well it reminded me so naughty. much of uh Ugh. what's his name and split when he was a kid oh crumb he was like Harold you know crumb. i'm not gonna help or hurt you i'm not gonna do anything like that to you and then there were times when he became obviously the beast where he could and if i he feel was like one of the personalities i feel like that was him yeah where the grabber was the kid because at one when he got him there He's like, nothing's gonna, nothing bad's gonna happen to you now. I'm not gonna hurt you. Do you want some soda? Very kiddish, very childlike, very sweet to him. Very or kind he to could him. just really, in all actuality, be a sociopath, or that and just yeah. be a ploy for him to redeem himself with these children. That he mm -hmm. makes himself childlike to make them more comfortable. But then, as soon as they let their guard down, that's when this his real true person comes out and. The inflection and the voice changes, the mask changes, mm -hmm. the whole thing changes. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, even when he was bashing him in the head with the phone and the mask broke, his reaction to the mask breaking, remember, he screamed and, like, grabbed his he, face. Like, he, like, he couldn't handle it. And there wasn't anything wrong with his face. He wasn't disfigured in any way. No. There were no cuts. There was no scars or nothing. But it just really made you like, what happened to him? Like, what is going on? So I'm all for a backstory. I'm really hoping that if a sequel is made, that's the direction they go in. Mm -hmm. There were just way too many hints into the grabber's past that I really think even based on those few things, they could really have a rough draft of of a prequel mm -hmm. to, to who is this person behind the mask you know yeah. like who who is he how did he grow up what happened so i'm gonna need that story yeah i would appreciate it for sure i i definitely think it could be done and done well hey blumhouse let's do it it cracked over a hundred million this, i mean come on it please was make million this. to make a hundred million it cracked over it's 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 killing in the box office right now it's getting ready to hit up hit getting ready to hit up streaming services this weekend so you guys check that out if you haven't seen it in theaters yet i would definitely see it in theaters before it's gone though 
Um, it was worth it. I was really happy it to was see worth it in the theaters. Watch. It was totally worth a theater watch. Um, it was creepy. Sometimes movies like that in a theater are, are cool to watch. It's like everybody's sharing in the creepiness. You're like, <laughs> this is weird. Like There were like um, two other couples in there with us, and I think that was actually it. But we went it was to a good. Early... It was a good couples movie. I will say that. Mm -hmm. Like, if I would have thought, uh, my husband has to get up so early in the morning, it was just easier for me to see it, but uh, on a weekday. Um, but uh, I definitely think it's a movie my husband would want to I think, see. I think my like, girlfriend will we, like it. We too. would go, yeah, like we would I have do. gone to see it on a weekend or something. Like, I just sure needed to date. make sure yeah. it wasn't going to be super gory because she can't handle the gore, but it wasn't. It wasn't really see, gory. See, my husband can handle the gore. He just doesn't like it. He's like, if this doesn't pertain to the story, why the fuck is it even in it? And I don't know. I'm kind of at that point too. Like, I don't really give a fuck about gore, but it better mean something to the story too. But he's really more like, listen, gore doesn't offend me. But if it doesn't have anything to do with the story, why the fuck is this even here? You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of people, unless that's like what you want to see, it's sort of like, ew, why is this here? Like, why are you here? Like, what? Yeah, if the gore isn't, if the extreme gore isn't like a Chucky movie or isn't something it's gotta that's to the, yeah. literally always been, and it's just gory to be gory, then no. I don't care for it. Like the Saul movies, they have a point. So the gore in those are fine. But I mean, it does get a little torture porny, but it's still supposed to be there. It's just kind of one of those things. Yeah, remember we said going back and rewatching them made a huge difference. Made a huge like, difference. Wow, these were better than these were actually. These actually had a storyline. What I thought they were. And it um, wasn't torture porn. It was just, it actually had a storyline. Yeah, so apparently it is this Friday. It's supposed to be on demand. It will be Friday, July 15th. Nice. It will be dropping on demand. So, yeah, if you guys have not seen it in theaters yet or if you don't want to go to theaters, aren't comfortable yet, whatever would have you totally, totally, totally get it. Um, so yeah, this Friday, it will be on demand. I am really excited about that. If you guys haven't seen it yet, I hope you are too, but I hope you didn't listen because there was a shit ton of spoilers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you guys saw this, we hope you liked the episode. We hope you liked the movie. Um, what would you overall rate it? You know, I, you know, what's funny. Um, IMDb gave it a 7.3 and Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 82%. And honestly, I would give it an 8 out of 10. Mm -hmm. I think that was a really, I think IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, that was really, really, really fair. I would give it an 8. I think that's a really, yeah, I think that's a really fair rating. I really, really, really do. Just I would, every, just every, you know, there are a few things there. You know, it's just, it's so, for something to, to, to nail a 9 or a 10, you got to be damn near perfect. And not many have come close to that, but um, a I was solid eight, eight, eight is, eight out of 10, is yeah. really good for this. It's very worth a watch. If it wasn't, see, this was one of those word of mouth that it wasn't really critics. It was, I kept hearing people that had seen it yep. in the community saying like, hey, this is actually really good. You should go see this. This really is good. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, okay. I don't think I saw one bad review. No, I haven't either. Anybody that's seen it has not said anything bad about it. Surprisingly, even critics aren't saying bad things about it. But Which is actually rather I, shocking. I never but trust critics' ratings. I don't but either. Yeah, I thought, I thought 7.3 IMDb 
82 Rotten Tomatoes, I thought that was pretty, pretty damn fair. Yeah. Especially since they tend to be pretty harsh, but that was pretty fair, I thought. And I thought, yeah, solid eight. Yeah, definitely worth seeing. Um, streaming this Friday again on demand. So uh, definitely can't wait to watch that with my husband. I would definitely, definitely watch this again for sure. I'm going to watch it with my dad. Um, my dad started my love of Stephen King. Uh, he he read all the, the you know, Carrie, it read all the stuff back in the day. Um, so he started to shining all that. So he started my love of Stephen King. So, you know, I, and this is obviously his son, Joe Hill, wrote the short story that was adapted into the screenplay for the film. And Joe himself said literally the only thing that they changed from the original story was that they made the grabber a magician and not a clown. Um, for obvious reasons, it would have been, like we said, this compares way too much to it. And the fact that his dad wrote it, it's like, yeah, let's not make him a clown. We don't need to make this, we don't need to make this already that close to a Stephen King right. movie. It's it's close enough as it is with the original story being written by his son of all people. But um, it had that vibe without going fully copycat. And uh, that was appreciated. Um, but obviously the clown thing was really more for Gacy, uh, Joe has has publicly said in interviews of all of his dad's books, it really was one of his favorites. But uh, uh, really, the inspiration behind the grabber was uh, Gacy, which just right. you know makes total sense. Um, fits the timeline even too, mm -hmm. the late seventies. So, um, but yeah, I thought that was great. Uh, so I I even think this is something. Usually, my dad's not big horror movie person but with this being so close to like a Stephen King type story I, I think he would dig it I think he would be into it he would he would definitely like it and he doesn't he's like your girlfriend where he will not he had a really bad experience with a gory movie and he does not do gore he just no <laughs> absolutely no way yeah no she won't uh -uh. she'll do gore he to will a point not. But not like and i'm not gore. cleaning up his puke i'm not yeah i'm not mm, i don't handle puke so i don't i can do all the, mm -mm, i'm not cleaning that up no so, i'm we good just, we just won't do that so nope. <laughs> And that's what I told her. I was like, the movie is violent as hell. Right. But the gore right. is very minimum. So <clears throat> it's it's very rare for a newer movie to be like that. But um, yeah, I agree with it. Eight out of ten. It was it was a really good movie. I'm very impressed with it. Looking forward to see what else comes out this year. It's just the movie is so it's just creepy as hell. It really I mean, really, is. if you're really looking for something to just, um, if you like creepy movies, if you're just wanting to, like, man, I want to check something that's going to kind of creep me out. The Black Phone, 8 out of 10. You heard it here from us, Becky and Casper. Um, so we hope you guys enjoyed this. And uh, if you've already seen it, definitely watch it again, streaming this weekend. Um, if you haven't seen it, but you just like listening to spoilers, hey, whatever. Um but uh, some people are like that. Mm -hmm. I've known people that are like that and that publicly will say, I want to read spoilers to find out first so that at least I'll know I'll like it and then I'll go see it. Because if I read it and I find out I don't like it, then I'm not going to waste my time. I kind of get that. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know. That takes the fun out of everything, especially if it's like a big twist. Like, why the fuck? You just... 
I just think about the biggest twist I ever saw in a film, period. And Saw always comes to mind. I would have never in a million years wanted to know that ending before seeing that. I have never... Yeah, literally besides The Sixth Sense, I can't think of any other movie. Saw was, yeah, that was the big, that was really... Like, holy shit. I mean, The Sixth Sense got ruined for me. But, but, um... Saw it got ruined for me too. Saw if you didn't know, holy shit! (laughs) Like yeah, like and then you're just sitting there like what? Like you're sitting there throughout the entire credits, like not able to breathe because it's just like what the fuck did I just see? Also, another huge one is the others. Like the the twist ending of the others was a very what the fuck moment. I wouldn't have wanted that. That is one of my dad's favorite horror movies. Like I told you, he's not a big horror. That's one of um, Alex's favorites. Loves. That movie loves it. Also, the uninvited, and that movie, I would have. Oh my god, to you made me either. love that. I did not want. To, I didn't. Even, that movie wasn't even on my radar until I met you. I was like, this doesn't look okay. I was wrong. That ending. <laughs> I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> it wasn't on my radar at all. I was not going to watch it until you were like might want to and i'm so fucking glad i did because it was it was the ending the ending of dead silence you're like what dead silence listen let me tell you right dead silence is underrated that is a james wan listen dead silence to james wan i'm doing like one of them old things they used to do back in school on those tests that were so annoying (laughs) like cat is to yarn (laughs) and dog is to bone and there's like no obvious choice um, so we just pick C because everybody's like, just pick C for everything if you don't know. <laughs> just um, and that doesn't work. It doesn't fucking work. It doesn't work. Don't do that. Don't do that. As many times as they've always told you to do that, don't do that. Token from two people that are nine years apart that both fucking heard that bullshit ass lie. It's not true. And I never <laughs> did it because I was always scared to. But every time I did, I did because I was stupid. <laughs> you just, you just, you believed it. And it's okay. It's okay. I'm no better now than I have to take tests anymore. So we're warning all of you out there. Don't, don't do that. that. Yeah, don't um, do it. But what were we talking about? <laughs> I forget it because we were on Death Oh, do Death Silence is to James Wan. As Slither is to James Gunn. It really is. Those movies are so fucking... Mindy, love you, Mindy. She messaged me, by the way, like, thank you so much for mentioning Slither. Because, like, listen. Again, they don't... I saw Dead Silence so fucking late, too. I saw it late. Like, That was the first James Bond movie I ever saw was Dead Silence, Not me. It was Saw. I'm pretty sure it was Saw. That was the first one. I think Saw was the second one. And then somebody's like... Started watching True Blood. Mm-hmm. Ryan Quantain, if that's how you say his Quantin, however you say his last name, it's very Australian. Um, his he's in Dead, Dead Silence. He's like the main guy. Oh, Dead okay. Silence. He's the main guy, and he's in uh, main character on True Blood. And I was trying to look. I had never seen him in anything, so I was like trying to look up stuff. I was like Dead Silence, James Wan. What is this? Ma'am. <laughs> Movie fucked. That movie fucked me up from the jump. That, that movie bitch was is creepy jaw. Smell. No. Mary Shaw. Like, also, shout out to Mindy for your Mary Shaw costume. Was that last year she did that? That was great. It was great. That I loved movie, it. 
there are still people out there that haven't even seen that. And I'm like, what? Also, if you haven't seen Demonic, which is on Netflix, I think. That was that, one of James Wan's first. Another one I saw way too late. Way great too twist. Late. Great twist. Great movie. Please, please. Slither, Demonic, Dead Silence. If you have not put those three masterpieces on your list from, from two masters of horror, in my opinion, they're up there. James Gunn doesn't really do horror anymore, but he needs to fight. As soon as you're done making that Marvel money, let's let's <laughs> let's split back over into horror again, Mr. Gunn. Because James Wan is listen, making Marvel money. You were on a trajectory there for a minute with some with some horror movies. Let's get back into the horror. I I got you. I know you're working on some Guardians of the Galaxy bullshit, whatever, whatever. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. I love those movies too. But I want I want him to get back into horror. Cause Slither was incredible. And I feel like we only got to see like the tip. Cause Brightburn got hate. And that Sorry, we'll get in, we'll get off into a rant about that because I am am really not happy. Brightburn got so much hate. I really I think there's too many fucking Superman pussy ass stands out there that were like I am Yankee. I love Brightburn. Superman. Anyway. Sorry, I don't want to get off on that rant because I loved Brightburn. I really, really, really did. And it got a massive... But we've talked about that. There's so many movies I have loved that a massive amount of hate gets hit with these movies. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, did we watch a completely different... We watched a completely different movie then. Yeah. Me and hundreds of other people watched a totally different fucking movie then because I'm, I don't get it. I'm, I, I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, um, go watch Brightburn. God damn it. it was very, I'm, yeah. Underrated it was as fuck. Took my husband though a second watch. He was one of those like you were with Hereditary. With, he had to watch it a second time because the first time he saw it, he didn't like it. He's like, I didn't like it. And I was like, What? I liked it a lot. And then he watched it and he's like... Oh, man, also, it. Elizabeth Banks needs to do more horror films. I really liked her in The Uninvited. She was in The Uninvited. And, and Slither! And Slither, and yeah. she... Listen. Elizabeth let's... Banks needs to do more horror Elizabeth films. Elizabeth Banks and James Gunn. Make another horror film. Yes. You got. You guys got a third one in you. We did Slither. We did Brightburn. Let's give us one more for the... for the One more. Then there's three and then we're done and then we're good and we'll be happy. Thank yes. you. Anyway. So yeah, so that was um, the Black Phone. You guys yeah. should go see it for sure. It was fantastic. This weekend streaming on demand. Yes. So next week. Next week, we're I uh, Becky was actually talking about how surprised she was. We haven't talked about this. I'm surprised we haven't talked about this, but we're going to talk about the real Men in Black. The real Men in Black. <laughs> no, because you guys um, know aliens, right? <laughs> There, uh, Tubi is pushing out some incredible original programming, and their documentaries are blowing me away. They are just the Amityville one was great, the Titanic one, even though not horror related, was fucking amazing. Um, there's a new one about uh, aliens and UFOs, um, and then this one about the men in black, guys. I highly suggest you check it out. Um, 
And hey, you know, who, are they real? Are they not? Is there a secret section of the government that comes to investigate people if they've supposedly seen UFO sightings to keep them on the hush-hush? Who knows? But you know what? There has been an overwhelming amount of evidence over the years. I mean, everybody from, I believe his name was James Keene, the man who wrote Mothman Prophecies, um, that's even mentioned in the, the Richard Gere movie adaptation that Men in Black came to visit him came to visit Point Pleasant, West Virginia. There was evidence that people that had sightings of Mothman there, not just him who wrote it, um, Men in Black came to visit them. Uh, there were, uh, they show it in this documentary that there was actually footage, hotel surveillance footage, because I believe someone at a hotel said that they saw a UFO and um, these two Men in Black are seen on the security footage. Uh, Dan Aykroyd famously has spoken out about him being visited by Men in Black because he was going to film a show about UFO sightings and the next day the show got canceled. It Guys, there's a lot of evidence out there. So who knows? Um, you know, it's always one of those things where we kind of, every time we do these par paranormal episodes, we sort of are like, hey guys, do you believe it? Do you not believe it? Here's the facts we have, here's, here's, or facts, you know, here's the evidence we have, take it for what you want, and if you believe it, great, if you don't, you don't, but, um, I think there is, I, who, who knows if it's the government, who know, who knows, who, who knows what the fuck they are, or what they're doing, or why they, you know, but, um, I think the reason why we probably won't be seeing them anytime soon is because the government pretty much said, ah, hell, COVID, all right. We give up. Aliens are real. We know. There's UFOs. We got it. So I don't even know if the men in black are even a thing anymore. I don't know if they're I know I loved how because... like the government was literally like, hey, aliens are real, by the way. And everyone's like, COVID. And I'm like, hello. They just said aliens were real. <laughs> like nobody pay attention. No. But um, yeah. So uh, check out that um, show on TV if you guys get a chance. The documentary. And um, listen in next week as we talk about the... Uh, Actual Men in Black, not Tommy Lee Jones. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I'm pretty excited to talk about it, too. I'm excited to watch the documentary as well. All right, my dudes. Well, don't forget this weekend, um, Becky is having her uh, Calm Your Body Down in the, uh, what was the market called? Workshop Market. If you are in the Cincinnati area, please check it out. Uh, check out their website and their social media on Facebook, Work Plus Shop, Facebook, Work Plus Shop. Instagram work plus shop. Um, so they'll have all their information as far as address, location, hours, um, and all that good stuff. So yeah, and we'll be posting over the weekend pictures and whatnot. So please, if you're in the area, come and stop by and support. Yes. All right, my dudes. Well, you know, we have the socials. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all at the FWTO podcast. Handle is the FWTO8811. If you have any questions, concerns, or want to say hey, um, email us at dfwto8493 at gmail.com. And last but not least, give us a follow and a subscribe on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Pod, uh, iTunes. God, please. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, almost forgot that one. My geez. And um, subscribe and follow us. You'll always know when we put new episodes out. Oh, also we have merch. Um, we have merch. We do have merch uh, from good old Teespring is the one that 
puts our merch together. We have shirts, we have mugs, we have bags, we have stickers. Please, please, please support, support, support so that just like Call Me Body Down, DFWTO will have a booth at a horror convention someday. So you are supporting a good cause and getting yourself some really cool merch. Remember that Wednesday program brought to you by Tim Burton will be coming to Netflix very, very soon. So get our Wednesdays off our podcast shirt to wear that to support and support us. So there you go. They don't get any of the money, but we do. So don't tell them. Yeah. Because we get the money, not them. Thank you. Anyway. All right, guys. <laughs> they have enough money. Tim Burton. Seriously. He's got plenty of money. But it's anyways. <laughs> All right, my dudes. Have a wonderful week. And remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with the, the original. original. Bye.